the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Stand Up for Jesus with your host, Craig Nedro, founder of Craig Nedro Ministries and Stand Up for Jesus. Our focus is to reach out to the lost and witness about the transforming power of Jesus Christ and calling on others to stand up for Christ and His Word, proclaiming that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. And now, Standing Up for Jesus, here's Craig Nedro. Welcome to the program. This is Stand Up for Jesus, and my name is Craig Nedro. On the program today, I'm going to kind of continue what I was um, addressing, and that is that I believe that we are living in the very last days before the return of Christ. I believe Scripture gives us many, many evidences of that, uh, many different signs of what society and the world will be like just before the return of Christ. Now, when I say just before the return of Christ, that means it could be two days, could be two weeks, two months, two years, 20, 20 years, 200 years. So no one knows the day or the hour. However, as someone who has been a student of the Bible for many years, I believe that the Bible gives so many signs that we truly are at the very end of the last days before the return of Jesus. And with that said, one of the callings on this particular ministry is for me to be able to look at the different scriptures and teach from them that give support to that thought that we are living in the very last days. So for a few weeks now, we have been in first Timothy. We have also been in second Timothy. We were in chapter three uh, verses one through five, where Paul talked about in the very, very last days, perilous times will come. In other words, that word perilous means dangerous, means um, violent, it means radical, means chaotic. And I, I, don't, I don't think it takes a brain surgeon to look at what's going on in our world today, and in particular in America today, and say that that fits the, the time that we're living in right now. And Paul in that first, uh, Second Timothy chapter 3 goes through uh, several different scenarios. He says that men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers. People will have uh, will be without self-control. Uh, the, the society will be brutal. People will be despisers of what is good. Uh, he goes through a long list here, and I think it's very relevant to the world that we're living in today. And so on the program today, I want to continue in chapter 3 of 2 Timothy, and I want to go, if the if Lord willing, if I have time, I'm going to go right from chapter 3 of 2 Timothy right into chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles, please open them up for, to 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I do want to make an announcement now, and I want to also mention at the end of the program, we, uh, and you know, I've been on the air, I'm in my 14th year on the air, and I apologize to my listening audience that I haven't done this before, because I have a lot of people that say, hey, Craig, where can we go to find podcasts of your program? 
And in the past, I, I didn't, and this sounds crazy, I didn't realize I could have my pro, my programs on podcast here at The Word. But I, I, I've done some research, found out that, yes, my programs can be podcast here at The Word. And so starting this week, we are going to have our programs on podcast at The Word. Now, let me tell you how you would go about listening to that. You would go to The Word's website, which is thewordfm.com. Let me repeat it again. The website here on the Word 100.7 FM is thewordfm.com. And when you go to that website, if you will, on the drop down um, over on the top left hand of the page where you click on it and it drops down, click on programs. And when you click on programs, you're going to have another drop down and it's going to say program guide. You click on that. You're going to put in Sunday, and then uh, because it's got every day of the week there. And when you click on Sunday, scroll down to noon to one, which is our time slot. Our, our normal, we're actually broadcast a few times during the week, but our normal broadcasting time is on Sundays from noon to one. So you scroll down to, to that noon to one time slot, and you're going to see Stand Up for Jesus with Craig Nedro, and you can click on the podcast link there. We're excited about this. I apologize. It hasn't been done before, but I do get a lot of response from listeners saying, hey, I'd like to listen to some of your podcasts. So starting this week, moving forward, we will have our programs on podcasts for you to listen to, and we're excited about it, and I welcome you to uh, listen to, uh, to um, existing programs and future programs through the podcast. That Once again, that's thewordfm.com, and I appreciate you tuning in and listening to my program. So let me get into the teaching today because that's what I love to do is teach from the Word of God. So we're, uh, once again, if you haven't opened your Bibles, we're in 2 Timothy chapter 2. I mean, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I just read a little bit about what, uh, in verses 1 through 5, what Paul was talking about. Now, I want to go down to verse 12. And again, take this teaching in consideration of the time we're living in right now. Because Paul says in verse 1, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. And those two words, last days, means the very, very, very end of the last days. And again, not to oversimplify it, the last days of what? That we are now living in what is the, the Bible is references as the age of the Gentiles or the church age. And we are living in the very last days of the age of the Gentiles or the church age, which uh, takes us from this period into what the Bible references as the tribulation period. Now, the event that has to trigger that is the rapture of the church. It's when Jesus comes, uh, does not put his feet on the planet, but he comes and those who are dead in Christ will uh, will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet Jesus in the air. You can read about that in First Thessalonians. Um, but um, this we are very close to this particular event uh, that the Bible refers to as the rapturo, the harpazo. We call it the rapture of the church. So uh, in Second Timothy chapter three. I'm going to begin teaching in verse 12. Now, let me make a sidebar comment here, because I grew up in the United States of America where uh, at a time when there seemed like there was a church on every corner. I'm 65 years old. I never thought I would see it this way in America, 
where there is actually persecution and um, a resistance to Jesus Christ. We have been formed as a Christian nation. We have always been a Christian nation. And even if somebody was an atheist, and I mentioned this on the program, if somebody was an atheist, they kind of kept it to themselves because they benefited from all the blessings of this nation being a Christian nation. They'd take the holiday of Christmas off. They'd take the holiday of Easter off. They enjoyed in all the blessings and the protections from God over this nation. But we now live in a period where there is an open dialogue and an open expression of antichrist. I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe in... I, and I, I, listen, I, I ran across a young lady in one of the places where I was out just in my day-to-day uh, activities, because I'm always, I always look for an opportunity to talk about Jesus. And I had a young lady and she said, well, I believe in God. And I said, okay. So that prompts me to ask you another question. Do you believe in Jesus? Because the Bible says that even the demons believe in God, okay? And when somebody says, I believe in God, I want to know what which God do you believe in? Because if you don't believe in Jesus, then you don't believe in the same God that I believe in. The Bible says that we should honor Jesus just as we honor God the Father. And if we do not honor Jesus as we honor God the Father, then we do not honor God the Father who sent Jesus. That's in the book of John. And so when somebody says, well, I believe in God, so my initial question there is, do you believe in Jesus as the Christ? And so um, we now are in a period where people may say, I believe in God, but I'm not sure about Jesus. Or I've also met people who say, yeah, I just don't, I don't really believe, I don't know, I don't know if I believe in Jesus, or I don't believe in Jesus, and I don't believe in the Bible. This is an amazing thing to me. This is an amazing phenomenon. Even though the Bible says it would be this way at the very last times before the return of Christ, it still amazes me to hear people say this. And uh, we've seen and heard about it uh, over the years where some of our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world suffer persecution. And we think, wow, that's horrible that they're beheading Christians in China or in, uh, over in the Muslim countries. They're, they're locking up and killing or, or, or killing Christians. We believe that's tragic, and it is. But we never thought it would come here. This could never happen in America. And yet it is beginning to happen. I don't know that there are beheadings, but there is the persecutions uh, and are 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 starting to happen in this country. If you don't realize it, let me say it now. There is an open hostility towards Christians in this nation now. Let me repeat that. We are now living in a time when there are open hostilities towards everything having to do with Christ in America. Never thought I would see it happen in my lifetime. So with that said, let's start in 2 Timothy chapter 3, Verse 12, where Paul says, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Now, it's a pretty clear statement. And again, in America, we just never thought we'd see it here. We thought we'd see it around the world. We've known it's been apparent around the world, but not here. But I'm telling you, uh, and notice Paul says, All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus. What does that mean to live godly in Christ Jesus? It doesn't mean you're perfect. None of us are. What it does mean is, do I take my faith seriously? 
Am I willing to speak up for Jesus Christ? Do I want to live my life in a godly manner to the best of my capability, knowing that I, look, I stumble, on, I, I trample on grace, stumble every, almost every day. On my best days, I need Jesus. But I want to live my life in a way that glorifies God. I want to live my life in a way that honors Jesus. I don't always do it, but that doesn't mean, and so obviously I'm not perfect. See, a lot of people think, well, you Christians think you're perfect. No, what we think is that we're forgiven. But Jesus was perfect, and Jesus is our Lord and our Savior. So Paul says, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And then Paul makes an interesting statement in the next verse. Paul says, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Now let me take a couple of minutes and break this. This is an important verse. Paul says evil men. Now, you know, we all, most of us want to think about the best of everybody. But, folks, let's, let's go ahead and peel the onion back a little bit. And let's look at what's happening in a, just in our country today. The Bible tells us over and over in the New and the Old Testament that we as believers in Christ are called to hate evil, to abhor evil. And some people might think, well, that's, that's really not very Christ-like. No, it is Christ-like. Jesus hated evil. God hates evil. His Word tells us to hate evil. And we live in a time where there are some people who are evil, and they have evil intents. They have um, evil um, ideologues, and their plans are evil. And Paul tells us, evil men and imposters— that word imposters in the Greek language it means some uh, somebody who is a seducer, in other words, somebody who will uh, influence people in an evil way. And I will challenge you that we live in a time now where uh, this is absolutely true: evil men and imposters, seducers, people who will influence people in an ungodly way, who will influence people in an evil way. And Paul says. They will grow worse and worse. In other words, it's not going to get better, folks. It's going to get worse before it gets better. And Paul says, deceiving, so they will deceive people, and it will grow worse and worse. And Paul says, and being deceived. They they themselves are even deceived. See, there are some people that are, are uh, in, in the political arena, in the... Um, uh, in the um, fiscal, financial arena, who are influencers and decision makers, people in power of this nation and of this world. They're evil. They're seducers. They're deceivers. And even themselves, they are deceived. And this is what Paul's talking about. And I challenge you, this is rampant in our world today. I'm going to take my first break and come back. My name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. We return to Stand Up For Jesus with Craig Nedro on Christian Talk Radio, The Word, 100.7 FM. Welcome back. This is Stand Up For Jesus. I'm Craig Nedro, and I'm teaching from 2 Timothy chapter 3. Uh, Paul speaking in verse 12, and Paul tells us that in the very last days, in verse 1, perilous times will come. 
He gives a list of conditions in the world that we, I, I started on the last week's program, that I challenge you we are living in these days right now, at the very end of days. And Paul says in Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And we're seeing that now in America. We've never seen it before, but it's starting to take place, and it's growing. It's increasing. And Paul says in verse 13, evil men and imposters or seducers, people who deceive, will grow worse and worse. In other words, it will continue to get worse. Deceiving and being deceived. Now, I want to make a sidebar comment, and a lot of people may think this is, well, Craig, I don't know if I agree with that. That's fine. I don't, I, don't, I, know, I don't expect anybody to agree with everything I say, but I, I want to make a comment because I hear people say, well, I think America's best days are still ahead of us. Okay? I would say, show me the evidence of that. Because as I look around, the evidence says just the opposite. And the Word of God here tells me that evil men and imposters and deceivers will grow worse and worse, deceiving people and being deceived. And I believe that's the road we are in right smack in the middle of right now, and it will not get better. Now, the good news is, if you're a follower of Christ, we don't have to be afraid of what's happening. And as a matter of fact, we should be encouraged. We should be excited because Jesus said it would be this way. Jesus said, you will be hated by all nations for my namesake. Wow, what an astounding comment. But we see that. And I will tell you that uh, as a follower of Christ, I'm encouraged by what I see, even though it grieves me, breaks my heart for my country, breaks my heart for loved ones that I know that are still not saved. They still have never surrendered their life to Christ, but I'm not their Savior, and neither are you. And If the Bible says that these are the conditions just before the return of Christ, we should take comfort in that because these conditions are prevalent right now. Paul says in verse 14, and he's speaking to Timothy. He wrote this letter to Timothy, but Scripture, it it still applies. The Word of God is alive and active. And he says in verse 14, But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. So in other words, Paul would say the same thing to us today. You... Listen, folks, you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. In other words, I have learned and been assured of that the Bible is the Word of God, and it's all true. And I'm going to continue in that. I have, been, uh, I have learned and been assured of that Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I have been assured of that. I have known that. I have learned that. And I'm going to continue in that. See, that's a very simplistic thing, taking what Paul's saying when he says, you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. And he says to Timothy, knowing from whom you have learned, and that from childhood you have known that the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in which is in Christ Jesus. Folks, let me tell you something. I love this verse right here because it says the Holy Scriptures. What are the Holy Scriptures? It's the Bible from Genesis, from the beginning of chapter of Genesis to the ending chapter of Revelation. These are the Holy Scriptures. This is the Word of God. And we have now gotten to the point. I read a, <clears throat> I read a, a new Gallup poll. This shocks me. May shock you, may not. But I read a Gallup poll that said now in America, 20% of the American population believes the Bible is the Word of God. 
Let me repeat that because it's just astounding to me. Maybe I'm naive. But this new Gallup poll that just recently came out said that only 20% of the American population believes that the Bible is the Word of God. Man, that's sad. That is so sad. And I will tell you, I challenge you that a big portion of that 80% that don't believe that the Bible is the Word of God, almost all of them, I will believe, I will challenge you that they are, and I don't mean this in a negative way, I don't mean this in an offensive way, they're ignorant of the Scriptures. Because I believe anybody that will, with an open heart and an open mind and, and a willing spirit to say, Holy Spirit, teach me, show me where my error of thought is, and open the Scriptures and spend sincere amount of time in the Bible with an open, desirable heart to learn, cannot spend a lot of time in the Bible and come away and say, this is not the Word of God. I've had people say to me before, I don't believe that the Bible is the Word of God, and I've asked them one question. And I don't say it in an arrogant way. I ask it in a sincere manner. Have you ever started in the first chapter of Genesis and studied this book? Not just read, do the, reading the Bible in one year. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about spend some serious time studying the Scriptures from Genesis through the end of Revelation. Have you ever done that? And then can you say that you don't believe this is the Word of God? And I have not met that person yet that says, yep, spent three years studying it, and I can tell you it's not the Word of God. I just haven't. Now, you you might say, oh, I know a guy that did it, and that's what his opinion is. Okay, but I haven't met that person. And Paul here says, the Holy Scriptures, the Bible, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And then I love what Paul does here next. In verse uh, 16, this is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Please listen to this verse. It's so important. All Scripture. What is all Scripture? It's exactly what I've been talking about. It's from the opening chapter of Genesis through the closing chapter of Revelation. That's all Scripture. doesn't say this verse and this verse, but not this verse and this verse. It says all Scripture. doesn't say 94%, 82%, 71%. all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now, if you will look up inspiration of God in the original Greek language, you will see that it means God breathed. In other words, the scriptures are the breath of God. Over in Peter, it says that these scriptures were not given by... Let me flip over and we'll just read something to you really quick because this is important. First, uh, Second Peter chapter 1, in verse 20, Peter says, Peter says, Know this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Folks, this Bible that we have in front of us, these scriptures, they are God-breathed. The Holy Spirit spoke through men and wrote this book. And I have spent over 20 years studying this book. And I don't mean this in an arrogant way. I mean it in a humble way. I have spent twenty over 20 years studying this book, and I can tell you, I'm more blown away by it today than I ever have been. This book could not have been written by men. It was written over a period of 400 years. 
people that did not live at the same time, people that were, did not live in the same place. People uh, by 40 different authors wrote this book. So 40 different men over 400-year period that did not know each other, did not live in the same area, they all put together wrote this book through the power of the Holy Spirit, and this is the Bible that we have today. It's absolutely, it's supernatural. And Paul says here in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And now listen to this. This is so important. Paul says this Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. That means it is good for, it will help you with. He says it is profitable for doctrine. The word doctrine means teaching. In other words, this Bible is good for teaching. And he says for reproof. What does reproof mean? The word reproof there means to show at the error of our ways. In other words, to point out where we've been wrong, to point out the faults. So Paul says it's profitable. It's good for teaching for reproof, which is showing our faults, for correction. So not only does it show us our faults, but it's also going to show us the correct manner, the correction of our faults. And it says, for instruction in righteousness. You know, it's easy to breeze over this verse, but listen to this again. Paul is saying that all the Bible, all the Word of God, all Scripture is given God-breathed, is given by inspiration of God, and it is good for, it is profitable for teaching, for uh, showing us our faults, for correcting our faults, and for instructing us in how we can live right. And Paul says in verse 17, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Well, it could just as easily say that the nation of people would be thoroughly equipped or the woman of God would be thoroughly equipped. In other words, this Bible that we have, this the, the Word of God, the Scriptures, given by inspiration of God, is good for teaching, uh, showing errors of our ways, uh, correcting our ways, instructing us in the right way to live, that we as the people of God can be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is an amazing statement by Paul. And I challenge you that the people up above that, when he says evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, in my opinion, maybe the greatest deception that has been um, prevalent and people are buying into, when I say that only 20% of Americans now believe that the Bible is the Word of God, is that the Bible is not the Word of God. I'm going to take my next break. My name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. More of Craig Nedro and Stand Up For Jesus on Christian Talk Radio. The Word, 100.7 FM. Welcome back. This is Stand Up For Jesus. My name is Craig Nedro. I'm in 2 Timothy. I just finished finished chapter 3, verse 17, and where Paul says that in verse 16 and 17 that all Scripture is given by inspiration, which means God breathed of God, and is profitable. It means it's good for, it will help us. Uh, for doctrine, which means teaching. For reproof, which means showing us our errors. Uh, for correction of those errors. And for instruction in how to live right, instruction in righteousness, that the man of God, that the person of God, that the woman of God, that the people of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. 
And then he continues in chapter 4, and he says, now remember, Paul was writing to, to Timothy, who Paul called his son in the faith. But these words also apply today. Paul says, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Let me stop there and make a, make a comment. Notice what it says there. The Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing. Folks, I've had people say to me, so you, re- you, you, Craig, you really believe that Jesus is coming back? I not only believe it, I know it. I know it because the Bible says he's coming back. And you might say, well, Craig, that's fine that you believe that. But I don't believe that. And I would say to you, okay, you are um, free to choose what you believe in. And I am free to choose what I believe in. But here's what I will tell you. If I believe in something, doesn't make it true. And if you believe in something, doesn't make it true. But at the end of all things, what I can tell you what does make it true, and it's what God says. It's what the Bible says. So, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, so, and I'm including me in this, so what I think is true and what you think is true has no bearing on really what is true. What God says is true is what is true. And the Bible, God's Word, says Jesus is coming again. And that makes it true. Not because I say it, not because you don't agree with it, or because I do agree with it, but because God says it, and that settles it. Right here, Paul says, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. And then I love what Paul says here. This is a word to Timothy, but it's a word to everybody um, who is either a teacher or a pastor or somebody who um, declares that they are a teacher of the Bible or or uh, is a, a minister of God. Love what Paul says here. Preach the word. Preach the word. Now let me let me talk and just point out the obvious. Let me, what does this not say? Mm, Paul did not say preach your opinion. Paul did not say preach what's ever relevant to society. Paul did not say um, just condone whatever society says is right and wrong. That's not what he said. He said preach the word. And then he even goes farther than that. He says be ready in season and out of season. Now what does that mean, be ready in season and out of season? I'll tell you what that means. It means preach the word when it's popular, that means it's in season, and when it's not popular, it means it's out of season. In other words, hey, listen, whether society likes to hear it or not, whether society agrees with the word of God, whether people in general or the majority agree with the word of God has no bearing on it. Preach the word of God. Be ready in season and out of season. If it's not popular, preach the word. If it is popular, preach the word. The one constant is preach the word. And I will tell you, and this may sound like a simplistic statement, but we have too many pastors in our churches. We have too many people standing in the pulpits in this country who no longer preach the word. They'll pull one scripture out and they'll go off off scripture and they just start talking about what's going on and they condone everything that's going on in our world today. And that's wrong. We who are teachers and preachers of the word are called to preach the word. 
And if you're sitting in a church where your pastor is not preaching the word, I hate to say this, you need to leave that church. Go to a Bible-believing church where the pastor preaches the word. That's so important. I'm not telling you which church to go to and which churches are not to go to. But what I am saying is, if you're under the pastor in a church and he's not preaching the word, well, first of all, you could go to him and say, Pastor, I don't know what you're doing, but you're not preaching the word. Either get back to preaching the word or I'm leaving and a lot of other people are going to be leaving. But if he's not preaching the word, you need to prayerfully consider leaving that church and going to a church where the pastor is preaching the word. Paul says, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. And then he says, and I'm going to mention several words here and talk about them. He says, convince, rebuke, extort with all long-suffering and teaching. Now, this is similar to up there in uh, chapter 3, where in verse 16 it says that the, the, the all Scripture is given by God for in, inspiration and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. Now Paul says down here in chapter 4, uh, be ready in season and out of season to preach the Word, and he says, convince, okay? That word convince, it means to expose, I'm sorry, that word convince means to encourage. The word convince. In other words, if I'm going to convince you on something, I'm going to explain why something is right. So Paul says, um, convince people. And then he says rebuke. That word rebuke means to show the fault or to warn. And then he says to exhort. Exhort means to encourage. And then he says with all long-suffering and teaching. There's that word doctrine again, teaching. So Paul is saying, be ready in season and out of season. I want you to convince people. I want you to sway people. I want you to inform people about what is right. And he said rebuke. In other words, shine the light on the darkness. There's another place where Paul says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. And when he says rebuke, he means to warn the people, to show them their fault. And then he says to exhort. He's going to not only show you the fault, but then he's going to encourage you about what is right. And then we who are teachers of the word, preachers of the word, we are to do this with long suffering. In other words, stay the course. Don't get discouraged. Uh, don't grow. Don't grow uh, lukewarm. Don't be, you know, the problem with a lot of our churches, we have a lot of watered-down churches. What's that mean, Craig? What What do you think it means? A watered-down church means they don't really want to preach the Word because they don't want to offend anybody, don't really want to step on anybody's toes. Let me tell you something, folks. If you go to church and you never get your toes stepped on, you probably need to check yourself or check the church you're going to. Listen, the Bible is meant to encourage us. The Bible is meant to exhort, to encourage, to uh, uphold us, to, to, uh, to fulfill us. But the Bible is also meant to show us our faults and to show us when we're wrong, to warn us when we're on the wrong path. And we live in a society now, we live in a world now where people don't want to have that. They want somebody to tell them that no matter what you think is right, it's right. God loves everybody, and everybody's going to heaven, and whatever you do is okay. You know what? That's a doctrine from hell. That's a teaching from the devil. 
The Bible does not teach that everything is okay to do. The Bible does not teach that everybody's going to heaven. This I, I ran into a young lady this past week. I mentioned her early on, earlier on the program, said she believed in God. She said, what I really have a problem is, is the concept of a heaven and a hell. And I said, well, if you'll spend any time in the Word of God, you'll see that Jesus spoke as much about hell as he did about heaven, and that both of them are a real place. Now, God's going to give you your, the free choice. You want to go to heaven? Then he says, surrender your life to Jesus. He says, but if you don't want to have anything to do with Jesus, you can make that choice. But if you don't want to have anything to do with Jesus, there's no reason to come spend eternity in heaven where Jesus is. You can go to the other place, but there's one of two choices. We will either spend eternity in heaven or we will spend eternity in hell. I know that's a strong message, but that's what the Bible teaches. I'm going to take my last break and come back. My name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. Back to Stand Up For Jesus with Craig Nedro on Christian Talk Radio, The Word, 100.7 FM. Welcome back. This is Stand Up For Jesus. I'm Craig Nedro. I'm teaching in 2 Timothy. I am now in chapter 4, and Paul says, in verse uh, 2 of chapter 4 of Second Timothy, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. In, in other words, preach the word of God, the Bible, whether it's popular or not popular. And he says convince. In other words, encourage, uh, try to, try to um, teach and show the correctness of it. He says rebuke, which means to warn or to show fault. Exhort means to encourage people with all long suffering and teaching. In other words, stay the truth, continue to teach the word. And Paul tells us something in verse 3, and this is so important that you hear this verse as well. Paul says, for the time will come. In other words, there will be a time that, will, that what I'm getting ready to tell you will come, and I'm challenging you we're there right now. Paul says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Who is they? Listen, if you're not willing to listen to sound doctrine, that word teaching, mean, uh, doctrine means teaching. Sound means wholesome, truthful, uh, and endure means to put up with. If you're not willing to put up with wholeful, wholesome, truthful teaching, Paul says they. So in other words, if you're part of the they, that means you're not willing to do that. Or if you're not the they, that means you are willing to put up with it. There's a distinction here. But Paul says the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. There will be a time when people will no longer tolerate, put up with, or endure sound, wholesome, truthful doctrine, teaching. And he says, but according to their own desires... Wow, there we go. People want to be able to do whatever they want to be able to do, and they don't want to put up with something that's going to tell them what they're doing is wrong. And Paul says, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears. What does that mean? That's very curious that Paul said that. The word itching there means to tickle in the Greek language. And Paul says, because they have itching ears. In other words, they have, t- they have ears that they want. Can you please tickle my ears? What does that mean? He says, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. What does this mean? It means that the time will come, Paul says, that people will no longer endure, put up with a sound, truthful, wholesome teaching. But because of their own desires, they will heap up for themselves 
because they have itching ears. In other words, I want to go to a church where the pa- the teacher or the pastor says, you know what, everything you do is okay. God loves everybody. Everybody's going to heaven. There is no hell. Don't be worried about that. Listen, there are many ways to get there. Jesus is not the only way. There are many different religions that lead to God, that lead to heaven. That's, that, that, that is an itching for a teacher to say, listen, you can live your life any way that you want. As long as you love other people, you're going to heaven. That is a demonic teaching, and that is uh, having itching ears, being someplace that they will heap up teachers for themselves. I want somebody to tell me whatever I want to hear is right. And, and Paul says they will turn their ears away from the truth. What is the truth? It's the word of God. And people will physically, you can almost see it, turn. Has anybody said something to you and you kind of turn your head away and almost put your hands up like, I don't want to hear that. That's the, the word picture for the times that we'll live in and that we're in right now where people will turn their ears away from the truth. And Paul says, and be turned aside to fables. What does that mean? You know, I talk to people and you can read this and you may be one of these people. You say, well, you know, Craig, I think the Bible is some really neat stories. But listen, let's be realistic. You believe God parted the Red Sea? You believe that God flooded the earth and destroyed the earth and there was and Noah built an ark? You really believe all that stuff? I do believe it because the Bible says it's true. But if you don't believe it, you say and people will say, I believe the book the Bible is a book of fit, a, a book of fables, a book of myths. It's it's some nice stories, but do I believe it's the word of God? No, I do not. That's exactly what Paul's talking about here. When people will turn aside from the truth and turn to turn to turn to fables, that's the world we're living in right now, folks. I know these are some difficult teachings, but I'm called to teach on this right now. This is an important time in the history of mankind, and we must be aware of what this is. I want to tell you again: if you want to listen to our podcast, you can go to the website is called thewordfm.com. That's the word. FM.com. Over on the left-hand top corner of the page, hit the drop-down, go to Programs. Then when you click on that, go to Program Guide, and it'll take you to different programs. Uh, Click on Sundays, scan down to Noon to One, where you see Stand Up for Jesus with Craig Nedrow. Click on the podcast, and you can begin to listen to our podcast on 100.7 FM, The Word. My name is Craig Nedrow, and this is Stand Up for Jesus. You've been listening to Stand Up for Jesus with Craig Netro, founder of Craig Netro Ministries and Stand Up for Jesus. If you would like more information about Craig Netro Ministries and Stand Up for Jesus, visit our website at craignetroministries.org or give us a call at area code 469-688-7615. Be sure to listen next week at this same time as we stand up for Jesus on Christian Talk Radio. The Word, 100.7 FM. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.